But thank you for being here today. I'm told that it's a holiday weekend. Is that correct? Holiday week? Is that it? And so you people are all here instead of being down at the beach. I mean, I guess it's raining anyway, so you might as well go to church. Um, but seriously, we do appreciate you being here. We are coming to um, a close in a series that we're doing here on time, about time, and how precious time is, how important time is. And here you are spending some of your valuable, most precious resource in worship with us. So thank you, sincerely, thank you very much for being here. I think you're awesome. Would you give yourselves a round of applause for being here? I know it seems kind of like, Ugh. but I, I love you guys. I appreciate you being here on a holiday week, and I appreciate you being here every Sunday. As I said, we're doing this series on time, and uh, we do a series on time from time to time at Hope Community Church because it is such an important issue, and we don't want to be complacent about how we use our time. We don't want to be lackadaisical about how we approach our schedules. We want to have a lot of intentionality when it comes to how we use and how we spend this most precious resource. And so to give you a brief overview of where we've been, and by the way, if you've missed any of the messages in the series, you can catch up online at hopeccdelco.com, or you can subscribe to the podcast, just wherever you get your podcast, search for Hope CC Delco, all one word. Uh, but to give you a little bit of a review here, week one, we talked about the fact that there are some things that we need to say no to when it comes to our time. Some invitations, some opportunities, and they may be great, and they may be fun, and they may sound nice, but there are things that we need to say no to. We need to say no to the good sometimes for the sake of being able to say yes to the great, being able to say yes to the great opportunities. And when it comes to how we approach our schedule, we, wouldn't th- we shouldn't think like, oh, in terms of well, what could I do? We should think in terms of well, what must I do? And that's kind of counterintuitive and countercultural, but we do want to be thinking like that. I know that's a challenge. And then week two, we talked about the fact that if we're going to invest our time in something worth investing in, then we should invest in our relationship with our Father God, because there's going to be a day where that's all you have, where that's all that matters is your relationship with God. When you stand face to face before Him, it's not your education, it's not your money, it's not your whatever, it's your relationship that's going to matter. And so while we're here on this earth, we should be investing time with our Father God. And then last week we talked about the importance of investing time together as a family. That's something that we, we all sort of believe and we all so, sort of know to be true. I mean, that's not just a Christian thing. People believe, you know, family should be a priority. But we talked about how to actually make that a priority. Again, you can catch up on the details online. And so today we're talking about community, investing time in our community. And the first thing that we need to do is kind of define community and clarify community because we talk about community basically in two different ways, kind of two different overlapping ways here at Hope Community Church. Sometimes when we talk about community, we're talking about like the, the network of believers or the body of believers. I mean, we as a church, we are a community together and we all have this thing in common. We're all saved by Jesus, those of us who are part of this church. We all are engaging in His mission as we understand it and as we can. We're all together as one community of believers in this other community, this overlapping community. And so the other way to talk about community is kind of more thinking in terms of geography, your neighborhood, the people who live in proximity to you, right? Your geography, your neighborhood. And so the kind of community that we're talking about today is the neighborhood kind of community, the neighborhood kind of community. And I believe, and I think uh, hopefully you'll be convinced of this by the time you leave here today, that spending time in your community, engaging with the people in your community, engaging with your neighbors is a wonderful and important way to use your time. A wonderful way to invest your time with the people in your community. Uh, during our prayer time earlier, of course, I mentioned Kenya, and um, you know we have this ongoing relationship with the people of Kenya. It's not like we know every single person in the nation, uh, but we especially have this this connection with uh, the people who live in Gitswamba. Gitswamba is an IDP camp. They're internally displaced people, and so they've been there for a long time. And and uh, those of us who have been on this trip multiple times, we've seen this really awesome transformation take place in this community. Our first year in Kenya, we were at the IDP camp, 
and we were giving out water filters, and we just saw the state, the condition that people were living in. Their homes were run down. There was no education system. They didn't have access to clean water. And it was really heartbreaking. And so year one, we were there giving out filters and, and building bricks so they could be used for some kind of projects in the future. And then that first year we were there, we, there was a downpour of rain, and we all ran into this old beat-up-looking barn to take shelter there. And, and the founder of Start With One Kenya, he was there with us and said, wouldn't this make a cool school? We thought, no. But he was right. And so over the time, we've just seen things improve time and time again. And so the first it was clean water, and then it was this school, and then it was a dining hall, and then it was a kitchen, and then it was a church. And we just see it's not just the projects, but we see the community becoming one, united in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we can talk about other groups of people and kind of be like, well, they're all like this or there. You know, people are people everywhere. You know what I mean? And there's kind of conflict resolution that needs to be managed, and there's people that get upset about things. I mean, people are people anywhere you go on the planet. But it's been really wonderful to see the people of Gitawamba, how their lives have been transformed over these five years. And it's a wonderful thing to see. Now, those of you who are with us in Kenya for the first time this year, you kind of saw all the stuff that still needs to be done. And it was helpful to see from your perspective, and that's true. There's a whole, don't think we're finished, there's a whole lot of work that still needs to be done. But compared to five years ago, wow, the transformation is awesome. For some reason, I don't know, I don't know how this happens, but for some reason, every year that I'm in Kenya, yes, my heart breaks for the people there. Yes, I have this weird experience of kind of being broken, but at the same time being refreshed and encouraged. But while I'm in Kenya, for some reason, I always find myself heartbroken for the people back home here in southern Delaware County. Because when I look around at this community, I see the need for transformation. Now, we have different problems here. It's not like we have a lack of schools. It's not like we have a lack of clean water. We have different issues in our community that need to be dealt with, that need to be addressed, and we need to see some transformation here. And so the question that I struggle with is, how can we see that kind of transformation, the transformation in Gitawamba? How can we see that here in southern Delaware County? We got some big stuff we're dealing with here, don't we? Some big issues right here in our own community. There's levels of poverty. I mean, poverty means something different here than it means there, but there's still poverty. There's people struggling to pay their bills. There's people losing their houses. We have trouble with with alcoholism and alcohol addiction, alcohol abuse. We certainly have issues with drug abuse and drug addiction. We're in the middle of this opioid crisis, this overdose crisis, and so these are very big issues that need to be addressed, and there are other big issues that need to be addressed. But then there's the the, the personal one-on-one issues that people have. Not just the widespreading, like, well, here's, but like the issues that, that your neighbor is dealing with specifically, or your coworker, or your family member. Not just big general things, but a specific person dealing with a specific problem. Someone going through grief, someone going through mourning after a, after a loss, someone going through depression, someone, it's, you know, it's different when, it's not just like alcoholism, but you're dealing with someone who's actually an alcoholic, the person. Not just the issue, but the person. You see what I'm saying? And so we've got all these issues in our community. And so they're very different than the issues at Gitawamba, just, you know, for the most part. But we need to see a transformation happen here. And so I found myself, especially in that second week when we were in Kenya this past year, growing kind of frustrated because I was at a loss. How do we do what we did there here? How do we create transformation like that here? I mean, when we were there in Kenya, this is like, I I, I can't share names because it's kind of a personal situation, but I witnessed this happen. We were building a church, working on a church together, and I know these two guys from Gitawamba, and I've known them for the past five years, and they were working together, building this church. Two guys who five years ago were rivals, were working together, building a church. 
Wow, that's awesome. How can we do that here? How can we bring unity and people together here in Southern Delaware County? And so I'm growing frustrated because I just can't come up with an answer to this question. And so then I think about it a little bit. I think, well, it's these projects, right? There are these big projects that brought people together. I mean, the big project of transforming a beat-up old barn into a school, that was a project, and people all kind of rallied around this vision and did the work together, and then there was a project to build latrines, and then there was a project to build homes, and there was a project to build a dining hall, and a project to build a kitchen, and a project to build another church, and there are these projects that bring the community together. And so I'm thinking, well, well, maybe we need to do that. We just need a project, Right? We need to get people round together and go and build something or rebuild something or tear something down or remodel or what is it? And so I'm going to God saying, what's our project? And frankly, over the past five years, that's been a a prayer request or a question that I've asked God. You know, one of my my biblical heroes is a man named Nehemiah that we read about in the Old Testament. Nehemiah transformed his community, and it started with a project. He did this big project. He got the people working together, building a wall around the city of Jerusalem, and they all worked together, and they had to have that unity together, and they had to work through their issues together for this common cause. And so I say, God, what is our project? What's our dining hall? What's our big thing that we need to do here? Let me tell you, there may be a day in the future, maybe the near future, maybe there may be a day where we have a big project or several big projects There may be a day, and I see this as a possibility, maybe God's going to give us some run-down church building so you can take this and you can rebuild it and make it into something awesome. Rebuild it and make it into something, not just a place for worship, but a place, you know, a community center where people can go and and receive that grief support or or help for addictions and we can have NA meetings and AA meetings or whatever. Like, maybe one day there's going to be that big project. Somebody's clapping about that. Maybe one day. But that's not today. That's not what needs to happen today. Because when I'm thoughtful about this, and I feel like God led me to understand this, when I'm thoughtful about what happened in Kenya, it did not start with projects. Yes, the projects happened. It did not start with projects. It started with relationships. It started with building relationships, not building structures, not building classrooms, not building buildings, but building relationships. That's where the work began. And I need to tell you, that's why it's succeeding in Gitawamba. Because there are other organizations that go to Kenya or Africa or other, other third world countries, and they swoop in and they build something. Here's a hospital. Figure it out. See ya. Here's a school. Here's a whatever. They just do the project without relationship connections, and then it doesn't work. It just fails because the people in the community, there's no real relationship. There's no engagement. There's no vision for how they're supposed to run this thing after the missionaries have left, and that's what's different about Getawamba is it didn't start with project. It started with, with relationships. It started with members from Start With One Kenya, the organization, the mission organization, going in and getting to know the people who live there and hearing their stories, and talking with the community leaders, and the pastors, and the people who wanted to be teachers, and the people who were trying to to run this thing. It started with building relationships, and then it started from there, from there it became giving them clean water, presenting them with water filters, and getting that going. But it all started with relationships. That's where we are right now as a church. And I want to be careful not to present this to you as like a phase. First we build the relationships, then there's a project. It's not like that. We're always building relationships. 
And that is the emphasis right now, and I don't know that that will ever change. I don't think it ever should change. The emphasis right now is that we as a church, we're not building some building. We're not tearing something down. We are building relationships in our community. That is what we need to do. And the good news is that to some degree, you're already doing it. This is awesome. You're all, so this is like an easy message for me to preach. Just like keep doing what you're doing. But before we go any further, I want to take a look at this scripture passage here because this should provide us with some clarity on what this actually looks like. If you've been a part of Hope for a while, you've, you've seen these words of Jesus before. You know, I think we're averaging using this passage about three times a year in our church because it's so important. And Jesus, throughout the New Testament, he teaches us the same thing time and time again using different phrases, using different stories, using different um, ways of, of, of speech. He communicates the same idea to us time and time again. The idea of love one another. The idea of love your neighbor. The idea of love your enemies. The idea of treat other people the way that you want to be treated. If you want to hear it that way, yeah. And he's telling us that we have an obligation to take care of one another. And in the scripture passage in your bulletin, to give you a little bit of, of context about what Brindy read, Jesus is talking to his people and he's, he's saying there's going to be a time where I come back. A time when Jesus comes back and he has to do this, this incredibly heartbreaking work of separating people. And he's got the sheep and the goats. It's a weird way to think about it, but in that culture it made more sense. There was more shepherding going on. He says to the people on his right, and he says all these wonderful things. Basically, to paraphrase what Jesus says there, he says, I was in need and you took care of me. Look what he lists there. I was sick and you came to visit me. I didn't have any clothes, so you brought me something to wear. I was hungry, so you brought me something to eat. And all these people are confused by these words of Jesus. They say, when did we see you in need? When did we see this happen? And Jesus says, oh my goodness gracious. He says, whatever you did for others, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, whatever you did for people who were in need, you did that for me. This is what we need to do and this is what we need to be. And so we're talking about how to build relationships with people in the community. How do you do that? Well, we meet needs as we're able. We meet needs as they come up. We meet needs, just exactly what Jesus taught us to do. If we're aware of somebody who needs a need, it's not about starting a project, it's not about starting a program or initiative. We meet needs as they happen and as we're able. And so here's what happens. Let's get a little bit more specific. You, and there's this thing I've tried to unpack before this idea and its concept, and it's a little bit slippery, but there's this way that a church should work. I believe that here's the ideal of how church should work. You as an individual, you're a part of the church, but then there's the collective, right? There's the individual, and then there's the collective. And the collective should be partnering with you, the individual, helping you do your ministry. Okay, so let me try to explain what, what this looks like. So here's what happens. You, your next door neighbor, Someone down the block for you, someone in the community, one of your neighbors has a need. And so you reach out to them and you find out what that need is and you learn more about it and you press it. Maybe it's a little bit messy, but you press into that mess. You're not going to let that stop you. But then you find out that that need is bigger than you. You alone can't meet that need. And so who do you turn to? You turn to the collective. You turn to the church. And we say, okay, let's work together and meet that need. Where is this already happening in the life of our church? with this hospitality team, 
with this hospitality team. And you can see that we're trying to rename, the rebrand, rebrand, I don't like that. We're trying to rename this team just to accurately reflect what this ministry has become. And let me tell you the story of the hospitality team. And let me give you some information about what we're now calling the community support ministry, the community support team. Once upon a time, and first let me tell you how this didn't happen, because this is important that you know. It's not as if I or somebody else stood up here and said, we need to launch a ministry initiative here, and we're going to call it the hospitality thing, and we need volunteers. to." That's not what happened. Here's what happened. As a church, you all realized how important it is to take care of each other. You realized that. And so you started, as people were in need in our congregation, you started taking care of them. Can we provide meals for you? Can we go over and clean your house? Can we cut your grass? What can we do to help you? You all just started taking care of each other like a church is supposed to do. Awesome. And over time, that got a little bit bigger and a little bit more complex. And so a little bit, there's some people that stood up to lead this. And of course, Joy, I don't want to single Joy out, but we do want to give her praise for saying yes to Jesus when Jesus called her to to bring some leadership to this. So Joy and others and all of you who have been on this email chain, all of you on the community support team, all of you on the hospitality team, you kind of just made this thing happen with some leadership, with some organization. And so now what we have is way beyond just this group of people that meets here as a church. It's bigger than that. And so what started happening is when you became aware of needs in the community, needs with your neighbors that you couldn't meet by yourself, you let this team know. You'd say, hey, Joy, can you, can you share the news? We've got this need. And this is exactly what we should be doing as a church, building these relationships. Let me tell you how awesome this is, and I can give you a few examples of how this has worked and how this has played out. Let me give you a personal one. I was having a conversation. Um, was my, I've had exchanged some emails um, I guess I can say her name, with a woman named Kim. I didn't ask her if I could tell the story. Anyway, but she was, she was running the, uh, the, the 4th of July event in Prospect Park, and we volunteered with that. We were a part of that. And so we exchanged some emails, finally talked to her, um, not in person, but over the phone. And uh, we're working through the details of where they needed volunteers and all this, that, and the other. And in the course of this conversation, she tells me that, that her son was going through this big medical thing and received this treatment. You don't need to know all the details, but there was a big issue going on. And I said, well, listen, I don't mean to be intrusive, but could we pray for you? Is that okay? I actually apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry to slip into pastor mode, but is it cool if we pray for you? And I said, our church, you know, we've got a prayer team, so would it be all right if I just sent an email out? Do you mind? And she's like, nope. And a lot of people, a lot of times when people are in need, they're more open to receiving help and prayer support and all this. And then I was able to follow up and say, you know, we also have some people, and they just love doing this. They've got this, like, hospitality team, and they'd really, if they found out about this, they'd really want to, like, help you out with, like, some meals or with, like, a basket or, like, something. And she said, yes. And so all I had to do was throw that out there, and I sent an email to, to a couple other people in the hospitality team, and then it happened from there. Weeks later, I'm in Kenya. And I get to thank you from this woman. Thank you for the meals. Thank you for the support. Thank you. I'm like, I didn't do any of this. <laughs> but that's how the church works. Okay? And we can give you other examples. And I can tell you about the Mack family because they were in the newspaper. And so many of you know the Mack family. And so many of you had an opportunity to meet with Joe before he passed. But Joe and Regina Mack and, uh, live in Prospect Park. And Joe was sick for a very long time. And, and they needed some help. They needed some support. And there you were to help them. And Joe has since passed. And we're still working with this family, still trying to help and helping the kids with school supplies or helping this family just get back on their feet. And see, here's the thing. So many times, and we've put an emphasis on this at certain seasons in our church, how important it is to, to share church with the people in your life, right? 
And one of the ways, one of the big ways you do that is by inviting people to come with you to this Sunday morning event. How important that is. If you want to expose people to the reality of what church is, then bring them to this event. Invite them. And it's more than an email. It's more than a phone call. You drive to their house and you pick them up and you bring them here and you take them out the line. We've talked about how important that is. But sometimes you don't need to bring the person to the church. Often you need to bring the church to the person. And that's what this team of people has been doing. You have been bringing the church to the individual. Oh, this is it. This is it. This is what we need to be doing. Do you realize how big this is? And sometimes, sometimes I feel like we Christians want a project. We want something we can build, something we can... No, this is so much more important right now. And this will always be more important to build relationships, to have the church show up in somebody's life and say, we are here because Jesus sent us. You don't need to use those words exactly, but we are here because we care, because the church cares about you, an individual, and your family. See, as a church, we're not here to tackle issues or take on problems. We're here to help individuals. We're here to help people. And so this is just a word of encouragement. Now, we've talked about time and how busy we can come, become, and we need to say no to certain things, and we need to invest. Listen, all this stuff serving your neighbors, all this stuff being active in your community, it requires a time commitment, a time sacrifice to make a meal for somebody who's in need, to drive to this person's house and drop it off. It takes time, but my goodness, this is the work that we have been called to do. We can't say, I'm too bu- Jesus, I'm too busy to do the thing that you've called me to do. Because there's a, that scripture passage that's in your bulletin, it continues on from there. I didn't put this in your bulletin. We have Brindy read enough. But it continues on from there. Jesus speaks to the people on his left and said, listen, guys, when I was in need, you weren't there. When I was hungry, you did nothing about that. You didn't show up. You didn't give me anything to eat. When I was sick, you didn't take care of me. When my heart was breaking, you didn't send any support. I said, well, Jesus, if we had seen you, we would have known. He says, whatever you did not do for my brothers and sisters, you did not do for me. Come on. You want to hear Jesus say that to you? I don't. And so we need to make a time commitment. We need to invest time in building relationships in our community. And it's not about some big event. It's not about some big program. It's not about some big project. It's about taking the time to get to know people in our neighborhood, in your life, and as those needs come up, meet those needs and enlist the help of your church so we can meet those needs together, so we can actually bring church to the community not the other way around. Isn't that awesome? And it's already happening. Listen, for those of you who are already a part of that email chain, the hospitality team, or now we're calling it the community support team, you know, there are often times where there's something that comes through over email that you just can't help with and you're not able to do, and that's okay. And that may be the case for a lot of times. Maybe you get 100 emails from Joy, and maybe you can't help with 90. Oh, but there's the one. There's the one time you are available. I can do this. I can step up. I can be a part of that. And that's just how it works. A lot of the needs are meals-based, but we want to be able to offer other services. I know there's been cleaning that's happened. I know there's, I think there's grass cutting, but it's been offered. I don't know if it's actually happened, but there are things like that that we can just do for other people. And sometimes it's straight up a financial thing. And if we can help as a church, we do, and we have, and we will, okay? And so this is what needs to happen. And so I just want to encourage you today. First off, thank you to all of you who have been a part of that email chain, who are a part of that community support team. And I want to encourage you, if you're not already on that email list, when those emails go out about the needs in our community, go ahead and contact Joy. Ask to be put on that email list. Ask to be put on that chain. Because we could, you know, what I would love is for this to be like a church-wide thing. (laughs) 
This should be a church-wide thing. Anybody who's a member of this church gets these emails and we know, okay, there's a need where? What can we do? And we see how we can meet that need. This is important for us. The other thing I wanted to mention specifically, you know, um, thank you, Joy, for leading this and all that. But we want to, uh, yes, yes, thank you. Thank you. You guys know Joy. She acts like, yeah, it's no big thing. It's a big thing. So thank you for that. And we want to give her some more support. She does a lot of the legwork in terms of making that phone call and being the point person and reaching out to the person who's in need. And so if you can do that, maybe you're no good at making a meal or can't do that. But if you, if you don't mind picking up the phone and say, hey, I'm such and such from Hope Community Church and we want to help you. Will you let us, please? If you're comfortable, it does, that's a bad script. Don't use those words. That's why I'm not, I don't do that. But if you could do that, if you'd be willing to be the point person, that's great. When you email Joy today, let her know. Joy's email is in the uh, email address is in the bulletin. And so I hope you will reach out to her. Is there a sign-up sheet still in the back for that? There's still a sign. If you want to sign up today before you leave just to be on that email chain, please do. Because this is how, listen, <laughs> you know, going back to get to Wama, the school is important. Of course, clean water is important. All that's important. But it starts with building relationships. If none of those projects would have happened, there's still the relationships. And the reason we're able to do more work in there is because of the relationships. Elsewhere in Scripture, Jesus talks about a time where he needs, it's very, very heartbreaking, so I don't want to quote the whole thing, but Jesus talks about a time where he needs to turn people away. And the people say to Jesus, well, Jesus, didn't we like prophesy in your name and didn't we do good stuff? He says, yeah, but I didn't know you. We didn't have a relationship. Now, one of the other lessons we learned from the people in Kenya is that they put a priority on relationships. It's not about entertainment. It's not about TV. It's about because that's it. That's what they have. They have each other. And so we need to put a priority on building relationships with the people in our community. What I really should say is we need to continue to make that a priority, building relationships with the people in our community. That's how the community will be transformed. You've heard me say this how many times? Real ministry is done in the context of relationships. It's not about programs. It's not about what, it's relationships. There's not going to be a day where you can just randomly go on our website and click and say, I need some help. Because this is, because that takes the relationship component out of it. We need to build this ministry, continue to build this based on relationships, who you know, person to person, one person helping another person. That's how communities are transformed. So let's make this a time priority to invest in our community, to invest in building relationships with our neighbors. And let's pray on that. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the relationship that you are building with us, that you have initiated. Uh, Jesus, you did for us what we could not do for ourselves. You, you took on our sinfulness. You paid off our debt. And so, Father God, uh, we thank you for sending your son to be that sacrifice. And Lord, we need, and we know, we need to communicate this truth, this reality to the people right here in our community. We need to speak the words that articulate the message of the gospel. We need to somehow incarnate the gospel through our acts of service. And Father God, we just, we pray that in the midst of the busyness of life and the busyness of this culture, that we would say no to the busyness so that we can say yes to you, so that we can say yes to building relationships with our neighbors with our community. Father God, we acknowledge that we need your Holy Spirit to allow us, to enable us to do ministry. We are incapable. We are incapable of serving other people, but God, you are capable. So be at work in us, be at work through us, and allow us to transform this community in your name, Jesus. Amen.